It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another good one for you today as the Warriors beat the Hawks last night. Take on the Cavs on Wednesday. A little injury news coming up as well. And uh, things about the Cleveland Golden State beef that has been simmering for the last, I don't know, four years. It's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. Quick announcement that we got to make here. I've officially switched back to hot coffee. I usually drink iced coffee, but with the weather changing, I've gone hot, and it was good. Definitely gives you a little kick, warms you up. So that's the show. Thank you for listening. Now I'm just playing. Uh, uh, Warriors beat the Hawks. As I mentioned, get right game, and they use the game to get right. Take on the Cavs on Wednesday. Clay had some things to say about the Cavs that are Rather hilarious. Another look at the center position as well. A lot of different things going on in the the Warriors world, so to speak. But I guess we should just start with the Hawks game because, you know, it's where we start, you know? (laughs) Warriors took on the Hawks last night, and it went basically exactly how you expected it to go. Steph Curry came out hot, went 5 of 5. To start the first quarter, 3 of 3 from 3. He actually ended the first 6 of 7 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3. No turnovers and only 10 minutes and 18 points. The Hawks, on the other hand, in the entire first quarter, 8 of 17, 1 of 7 from 3, 9 turnovers and 17 points. So Steph won that first quarter. The Hawks, man, were, were just bad last night. I mean, that's all you can really say. They were really bad. Those nine turnovers, a lot of them unforced. So they they dug the hole. Look, they're just not that good. But still, that was alarmingly, alarmingly poor. Is alarmingly a word? We're just going to run with it. You know what? We're going to run with that. KD, solid first as well. He had 10 points in the first. Kind of took a backseat to Steph. Willingly. Uh, Wasn't, you know... A, a situation where he needed the ball or anything. And he actually talked about that after the game, uh, deciding, being able to decide when it's time to take over or sit back and let Steph do his thing. Here's what he had to say. But tonight was more so I was telling myself, um, you know, when Steph gets it going and start the game, I still got to be aggressive, but in a different way. Um, so, you know, I pick and, I pick and choose my spots. I was even more strategic with picking and choosing where I want to shoot. And, um, 
you know, when Steph is going off like that, it allows me to kind of play that type of game. And it's fun when you're playing a mental game like that. And um, so I, I, it's a little bit more of a challenge doing that um, than just chucking up shots and trying to get the 40. But uh, both, both, um, both ways are pretty fun to play. So that's KD on just how he decides or deciphers whether to be aggressive or let Steph, you know, do Steph things. When Steph isn't missing a shot, you know, you got to let him go. KD knows that, but you also have to stay aggressive as well. He ended up with a incredibly solid, efficient game, as we've come to expect from KD. He was 10 of 13 from the floor. He, I think it was 28 points, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, 1 of 3 from 3, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. So, just another... Good game from KD. Like I've said before, he he can get that 25 to 30 even on a bad night. But this was a incredibly efficient night. This was a great night as far as his efficiency goes, going 10 to 13. Steph, as I mentioned, couldn't miss in the first, was 6 to 7 in the first quarter, 18 points. He ended the night 30 points overall, one block, all right? And don't forget about the rim protector, Steph Curry. Three rebounds, couple assists. Was six of ten of uh, six of ten from three. Excuse me, ten of seventeen from the floor. Uh, as I mentioned after that Detroit game, we're used to Steph coming out and killing it immediately. He's gonna have to ease his way back into it. This was a great game. We'll see how he goes in his next game because it, it there's no guarantee it's that he's you know a hundred percent back. But man, I. <laughs> It's been two games back, and in those two games, he's, what is it, 9 of 19 from 3. So 6 of 10 tonight, 3 of 9 against Detroit. Still shooting around 49% from 3, which is absolutely ridiculous. I kind of forgot about that in the time that he was out. It was, uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. If he can keep that up the entire year, which is a lot to ask. But, man, like the MVP talk... Should not die down if this continues. And I don't think it will. Let me explain that. I don't think the MVP talk dying down will stop. I think his play continues. That was worded terribly. Sorry, guys. Steph Curry MVP. Clay Thompson. Clay had a rough, rough go of it to start the game. He started the first quarter 0-5. Went into the second quarter in the first four minutes of the second quarter. That expanded to 0-6. And he only had two points, which came on free throws. But in the next eight minutes, the last eight minutes of the second quarter, he went four or four uh, from the field with 12 points. So we've seen Clay do this before. Most recently, I think it was the Orlando game where he turned a bad game into a good one, which is great. But would much rather see just a, a good game, a good complete game than, you know, a terrible first quarter and part of the second quarter. But again, he, he was able to turn it around in that second quarter. Like I said, he finished it four for four, uh, went two a two from three, two a two from the free throw line, and then two a two from mid range. And some, I wanted to bring up as Steve Kerr talked about spacing and things like that. And I'm going to talk about some of the lineups he used and some of the lineups he teased me with. Cause there was one I really wanted to see that he actually pulled really quickly was clay is kind of part of it. And it's not just that he's struggling from three. He's up to 35% now from three on the year. He ended the night 10 to 19, three of five from three, uh, eight rebounds, which for him is huge. 
I believe in the last two games, he had nine rebounds uh, last game against Detroit, eight tonight. That's 17 rebounds over the last two games. That is the highest total in back-to-back games of his career, which is great. I've always thought he should be a better rebounder because of his size at the two-position two, uh, two position. I think he should be able to get more boards. And he's been doing that, which is great. But as far as the three-point shooting goes, it might be because of his tough year so far from three. But there are plays, man, where he's coming off a screen and instead of stopping the three-point line, takes goes you know another two, three feet inside and pulls up. And it just doesn't make sense. I don't know why he's doing it. Is that a Steve Kerr thing? Is that a Clay thing? Who knows? But it's just something that I've noticed and hopefully kind of gets corrected, I guess. I just, it's a weird thing with the Warriors. It feels like other teams have been able to get off three-point shots easier than the Warriors have. And not just their their main shooters like Steph. Steph's going to get his. I mean, that that's never in question. But like Clay, KD, not just the main guys, but, you know, Jarebko and Cook and uh, and Damian Lee, I feel like should be able to get their threes off a little easier. But I Again, what do I know? That's just an eye test thing for me. I have no numbers to back up, you know, who's getting better looks from three. Or then maybe that's the thing. Maybe teams are taking bad looks from three. Andre Iguodala hurts that a little bit. There are threes that he gives up a lot. Uh, I mentioned lineups, and I'll get to it in just a second, but Andre Iguodala did start, and he had an Andre game where he does a lot of good stuff that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet. He ended with... (laughs) End of the game with three shots, two points, two rebounds, five assists, one steal, two blocks. So he does a lot of stuff that isn't immediately, I don't know, noticeable on the stat sheet. He was fine, though. Kavon Looney, have to get to Kavon Looney. He got the start in place of Damian Lee. Had his best game as a pro, at least points-wise. 14 points, four rebounds, five assists. That's big for Kavon. Five assists from Kavon is big because... Like I've said before, the cutting that we saw for the last couple of years with the Warriors is is gone. We have not seen that, and it might be because of just the loss of, of David West where they don't have a guy they trust to put in the post and, and dish dish the rock. Uh, it's so lame I said that, but they don't have a guy they can put in the post to, to pass to cutters that, that has that connection with cutters. So for him to get five assists is a good thing. Kavon Looney actually did a good amount of cutting last night as well to get to the rack, and that was also good to see. He He's going to be the starter until until Boogie gets back, and that's something I'm going to talk about a little later also. Uh, not to mention he also had two steals and two blocks last night. Great game for Kavon. There's going to be bad matchups because he is undersized, but he's he's their best option. Speaking of which, Jordan Bell, man, woof. He ended up with an okay stat line, but there was some bad moments last night. Jordan Bell's just been not very good. And again, maybe that's our fault for expecting a jump in year one to year two and not just maybe that's who he is. Or maybe not expecting that the league has tape on him now and figures out who he is and maybe has a way to work around it. Who knows? But it's ugly at times. But like I said, he did finish all right. Three of seven from the field, six rebounds, three assists. One steal, one block, six points. And that's the thing. As bad as Damian Jones had been, Kavon Looney was the only upgrade that they had available. It wasn't Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell's been just as bad. And I hope he turns it around because we were expecting big things from him this year. I know last year people were saying he was going to be the starting center. And 
play himself out of out of Golden State and get a huge contract. It doesn't look that way right now. Uh, one of the best things from last night was Jonas Jerebko. Ended with 12 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. Jonas the rim protector. But the best part is he was 2, two for 2 from 3. Because it, it's been up and down a little bit. He's back up to 37% from 3. He was 4 or 4 from the field. But just that consistency. I mean, he's not going to shoot 100% from 3, obviously. But on a team that struggles to get 3s, and they do. I know it's a weird thing to think about because they're the Warriors and kind of revolutionized all this. But outside of Steph and Clay, when he wants to, this is a team that struggles to get threes, annoyingly so. But for him to go to a two from three and get his shots up was was a good sign for the Warriors. Okay, some quick lineup stuff I wanted to talk about. As I mentioned, Kerr ended up going with Andre Iguodala at the three, I guess, and Kevin Durant at the four, however you want to look at it. It was basically three guards. KD and Kevon Looney. So interesting. I understand it. Jarebko back to the bench. He started Jarebko against Detroit, which is fine. But Steve Kerr mentioned he wants to unclog the paint and get the spacing back, I guess. It's not so much that he wants more threes. He won't go that far. But he wants to unclog the paint, like he said. So to start the second, it was Quinn Cook, Clay Thompson, Sean Livingston, Jonas Jarebko, and Kevon Looney, which is fine. Quinn has been struggling the last couple games, but he's still a good shooter. I would still put him out there and let him shoot his way out of it. But you still have two non-shooters out there, and the paint was still clogged. It was still pretty bad. And I, I, in my notes, I said I don't mind the lineup. So much. I like that that lineup maybe would have put I don't know. I mean, no, that's that's fine. I, I don't know who I would take out of there. Because Sean definitely deserves to be out there. But the paint was still clogged. Didn't mind the lineup, but they just couldn't hit a shot. They they struggled. Uh I also said it will be huge to get Boogie back, obviously, but especially in that second unit where last night they just couldn't hit a shot. Boogie will either be able to knock down a three or put him in the post and get a bucket, get him a mismatch and get him a bucket. Uh, I had Clay missing all his shots, but he obviously bounced back. Already talked about that. So a couple minutes in, Steph and Damian Lee came in for Sean and Quinn, which I was really intrigued by because then that meant it was Steph, Damian Lee, Jonas Jarebko, Clay Thompson, and Looney. That's a lot of shooters out there. But... About a minute after that, Kerr switched up the lineup, brought Iguodala and KD back in. So I didn't get to see that lineup that I was actually intrigued on seeing. But didn't get to see him. Oh, well, it happened. Steve Kerr just messing with me, specifically. Clay, I have to mention this. Clay, even though he was able to turn the game around and play well, he one of his missed shots in the second was just a brutal air ball. I'm talking like two feet to the left. And Andre Iguodala was able to follow it up and turn it into an alley-oop. Uh, but, man, it was ugly. It was bad. And just a kind of a funny, funny moment there in the game and the only shot that Andre Iguodala actually hit last night. I love Andre, man, but at a certain point, if he's not going to take shots, someone else needs to to get in there and get those shots because it, look, it's the Hawks. They beat them, but, man, it, it just, you have to shoot. You have to. Unless you're literally the only non-shooter out there, which is never the case. 
considering the centers that they have don't shoot. Maybe when Boogie comes back, it'll be different, but for now, it's not. Now, I gave you guys the exclusive scoop that I'm back to drinking hot coffee to warm me up, but really what I should have just done is put on my Action Heat clothing, okay? Action Heat sponsors this podcast, and Action Heat makes the best battery-heated clothing in the world. Action Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control the environment with Action Heat. Man, I could use it this morning for sure. And I'm complaining about California weather. Anyone out there listening in one of the snowy cities is probably telling me to shut up. Let me tell you what to do. Go get some Action Heat clothing. You'll be all good. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. And you know what? Let's say you get heated up, phone's running out of battery. Go ahead. Plug in your phone to that battery. Charge that thing up. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that loves outdoors and hates being cold. Or look, anyone that's just chilly. All right? If you get chilly, go ahead and buy some Action Heat. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, included heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments. Like heated base layer shirts and long johns, you can stay warm and cozy from heat head to toe with Action Heat. Action Heat is available in men's and women's, has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the most frigid weather. Action Heat. Get some Action Heat, guys. We've got a special deal for our listeners today. Save up to 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That is actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20% Action Heat. Stay toasty and warm. Get some Action Heat. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. ba da ba what up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Just finished up the look at Warriors beating the Hawks, take on Cleveland tomorrow. And speaking of which, Anthony Slater of The Athletic had an interesting piece today just about the the matchup that was Cleveland and Golden State, the matchup that sparked one dynasty and prevented another, is the way he put it. Obviously, the Warriors dynasty and then prevented uh, LeBron from, I guess, creating a dynasty in Cleveland. And some good quotes in there. Steph said it'll feel weird to play them, you know, a new look team that isn't the the LeBron-led Cavs. I think he tallied it. They played 30 times in four years, including the finals. So, yeah, it'll be different for the players, at least. I'm kind of whatever about it. Anytime you beat Cleveland, it's it's fun. That's just kind of how I feel about Cleveland. But it'll definitely be different for the players, I guess. 
in this piece on The Athletic, which I do suggest you all go check out. There's some great quotes and just kind of a rundown of the entire rivalry, whatever, the, the four finals appearances. And it is crazy to think about. The Warriors win in, in 15 where the Cavs were shorthanded. No Kevin Love, no Kyrie. And then we all know what happens in 16 with Draymond and Bogut being hurt and poor rotation calls by Steve Kerr and all that stuff. And then the next two years with KD that the Warriors, you know, go 8-1 and one against him. And Clay had a, a mention. I'll, I'll just read like two of the quotes because I, I suggest you all go read it and subscribe to The Athletic because they're doing great work over there. But Clay was reminded of the Tombstone Cookies at LeBron's Halloween party and the the pettiness that LeBron, you know, showed in his Halloween party and, you know, walking over the 3-1 grave or whatever it was. Clay said, that was funny. Look how that turned out. Bums. That was crazy. I forgot about that. Well, look at what pettiness gets you. Gets you 1-8 in the finals. Idiots. Right on, Clay. (laughs) Clay's such a good quote, man. He's just... He's just the best. And then another good one from from uh, Andre, because as only Andre can do it, Steve Kerr mentioned that, uh, you know, they'll probably pretty sure they'll do a 30 for 30 on it someday. And in response, Andre said, damn right, they're going to pimp it. The NBA is exploiting us. So as only Andre can put it, man, as only Andre can, you know, see things <laughs> and say things. He... I don't think he ever really bit his tongue, but man, that guy at 34 years old with multiple championship rings and uh, some nice contracts, he's not worried. He's going to say what he wants to say. So I thought it was funny. I think it's worth reading. It is a crazy thing to think about. I I didn't really think about it until I read this, just that 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 chapter is closed. That's done. The Cleveland Cavaliers chapter, the, the rivalry with the Cavs is over. I was going to say some Tristan Draymond thing, but Draymond's not playing and who cares anyways. I think Draymond, even at this point, would be smart enough to not even engage with Tristan Thompson. But maybe not. Maybe Draymond will, you know, take 100 swings at him. Who knows? But Draymond's not playing, so it doesn't even matter. We're not going to see it. But we are going to see them play on Wednesday. I think it's a 4 o'clock, maybe 4.30 game. Who knows? These East Coast games, man. By the way, the West Coast is the best coast for watching sports. It just is. Just is. I don't have to stay up till one to watch my favorite team. So, uh, one thing I wanted to get to with the Warriors in the center position and some hindsight moves, I guess. And it's not really hindsight because these are things I wanted them to do. I'm just start off. I'm nervous about Jacob Evans. I don't think they're going to get anything out of Jacob Evans this year, which wouldn't be that big of a deal if they didn't tell us multiple times that they're looking for someone to contribute, that they are going to draft someone that can contribute immediately. And they did not get that person. A person they could have got either in the draft or afterwards because he got traded, and a player that I liked more was Hamadou Diallo, who is with the Thunder in their rotation right now. He has his flaws as well, but he's on the court and contributing. Jacob Evans is not. So... I kind of questioned the pick in the first place, but also he got traded, I think, twice after he was picked, and the Warriors had a chance to get him. Or I'll put it this way. I don't know that they actually had you know conversations or anything, 
But considering what was given up to get him a future second, they could have gotten him. But they didn't. Oh, well. And then Rashawn Holmes, backup center for the Suns. Suns were able to get him for a million dollars. That's all it cost. And I know that's a lot of money for us, for Joe Lacob, and for the Warriors. It's not because they still had that $5 million to spend. When it came to the draft and everyone thought they were going to buy a second-round pick, they had up to $5 million to spend to get that pick. But since they didn't spend it, they had it available to use in trades, quote-unquote cash considerations. And Rashawn Holmes is with the Suns now. And I understand why they didn't because of the path they were taking with their young centers. I get it. But they're in a spot right now where they could use another center. They don't have one. And it's Kavon Looney and Jordan Bell. If Jordan Bell had taken the steps we expected him to, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but he hasn't. So they're short at the center spot. And that whole kind of rant right there is what I'm trying to get to. The center position. I don't think they're going to look to trade anyone uh, or anything to get a center. First off, they can't really because of their salary cap situation. They don't have any room within their salary cap to bring anyone on unless they send someone out. So, I mean, they could, but I doubt it. They're not going to move Jacob Evans. They're not going to move Quinn. They're not going to move Jordan Bell. I just don't see it. Maybe Willie Reed in the G League, but he has his baggage off the court. Or he had his baggage. I mean, I, I, everyone deserves a second chance, but it depends who wants to take that chance, etc. So I just don't see it. I just don't see it unless for some reason they find a place for Pat McCaw and can move Pat for some for a center. I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be Kavon Looney and Jordan Bell until Damian, or excuse me, until Demarcus Cousins gets back. And until that happens, we're just going to have to ride the ups and downs with those two. And. Kevon Looney was great in his last game. He kind of played the role that the Warriors need a, a center to play, which is just, if we get you open looks, can you finish him? And he did. So that's my rant on the center position. I think that's what it's going to be until until maybe someone gets bought out. Because I don't think they're going to do anything to to lose any assets to try and bring in a center. Anyways, this is Locked On Warriors. Going to do league pass picks next on Locked On Warriors on Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Adobe. At CDW, we get your organization can be demanding. We know you're in there. I know. The marketing team's outside my office. They want their Adobe update now. Give us that update. With Adobe's value incentive plan, deployed by the experts at CDW, you can quickly and easily manage software subscriptions for the whole team. On Acrobat and Creative Cloud? All included. Cool. Guys, I'm coming out. Don't hurt me. For a satisfied digital workforce, you need Adobe and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash adobe. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton, what's good? Just talked about the Warriors and their matchup with the Cavs. 
the the historic matchup against the Cavs coming up, and then also the Warrior Center position, and just the fact that it's going to be it's going to be what it's going to be. It's another cliche for you guys. No, I just don't think they're going to do anything unless someone gets bought out. I don't think they're going to do anything. League pass picks for tonight. What do we got? Five games. None of them are really that. Trailblazers Mavericks is good. I've, I've enjoyed watching the Blazers this year. Luka Doncic is incredibly fun to watch. And Jazz Spurs, I guess. But if you just want to see an exciting team, I would say Suns Kings. Because the Kings are a lot of fun to watch, but the Suns are really bad. And they were my pick to be... This, the Kings are basically doing what I thought the Suns would do this year. But I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to ride with the Suns, okay? I don't just I don't just jump off a pick, okay? Hashtag my Suns. Check those games out. Come back tomorrow. I'll have another episode for you of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.